Hello, Pod Fam, and hello, Rachel. How are you? I am good, Laura. How are you today? I'm excellent. I have my favorite tea with me today, so I'm very excited about that. It is a Cinnamon Hearts Puer Tea, and I know we are recording this at night, and it does have a little bit of caffeine in it. However, I am repurposing it because these are the same tea leaves from my morning tea, so I'm really hoping that maybe some of the caffeine is out, but it's so good that I don't care if it makes me stay up a little bit later tonight. You're just hoping that it diluted the taste. Well, not the taste, the caffeine. I know. I know. You're hoping that it diluted the caffeine. Yes. Sorry. Yes. What it's are you been drinking, a long though? Day. <laughs> I, well, one very long day. Sorry, friends, if I sound weird. Uh, I'm drinking a peppermint tea, and I apologize in advance if the audio sounds a bit weird on my end, but my recording situation is slightly different today than it usually is. She got the so, boot from her little hobbit hole that she normally records in. Honestly, it was really upsetting. I usually record in the basement where no one will bother me, but my dad is watching a hockey game, my mom wants to watch her TV, so I got kicked out. Yeah, and we're actually I'm recording this on a, a Stanley Cup night, so I'm going to apologize as well because you might hear the guys upstairs cheering, even though yep. neither of them like the teams that are playing, but still, it's hockey. It's all they have right now, so they're excited either way. They're just they're just choosing which team they don't mind. Exactly. But yes, yeah, so I'm currently sitting on the floor on two pillows in front of my bed. My microphone and laptop are perched up on my piano seat. And I don't know, I, I think it's working pretty well, but you know, it won't be like this all the time. You're making but, it you know, work, it's perfect. Scenery. Change of scenery, you know? Life is nothing if not ever-changing. Yes, and I think that is a perfect segue into today's topic. Do you want to let our listeners know what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so we're going to talk about work-life balance, which is taking us back to our career topics, which we haven't talked about in a long time, so I'm super excited about this episode. Me too, and I don't know for our listeners, but for me personally talking about work-life balance, that was a hard thing to learn. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Rachel? I mean, I still suck at it sometimes to this day, so I find that it's just an ever-changing flow. Sometimes you have more energy to put towards your relationships and a bit less to put towards work. Sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes all you do is work. Or sometimes maybe you're in between jobs, so all you do is hang out with your loved ones. And yeah, it's just an ongoing balancing act, I think. Exactly. And, you know, none of us are perfect here. But we thought today we would just kind of share some tips and experiences of how you can try to maintain, you know, a quote-unquote uh, work-life balance just to kind of get a little bit of... I don't know, practicality to your life, yet also the most enjoyment that you possibly can. Yes. So I am going to take the lead on today's episode because, I don't know, I've just got lots of facts to spit at you. Rachel's you the excited? fact girl. You're like the I'm one the who shows girl. up at the test and you have like color-coordinated pencils, everything is ready, you got your calculator, and then like I'm just that person who walks in and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm just here to wing it. 
See, but the thing is, is you're not wrong because that was definitely me in high school. You <laughs> and, know. And on that note, day. take it away. Take it away, fact girl. Okay. So basically, you can think of work-life balance as how you prioritize your personal and professional life. So I personally like to think of it as the percentage of your time that you spend working and the percentage of time that you spend prioritizing your relationships. So for some people, it could be 70-30, or it could be 50-50, 40, like 40-60, whatever. It is what it is. So basically, in your personal life, that's prioritizing relationships, hobbies, exercise, time for yourself, and it helps you feel balanced, happy, and helps you reduce stress, which I don't know about you, but is very important for reducing the risk of burnout because I have definitely been very burnt out when my work-life balance has been out of whack. Yes, I have a lot of experience with burnout, but I'm not gonna, I won't get into it right now. Proceed. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we get more into how you know you might be out of alignment, I don't know if you agree, but I don't think that prioritization of your personal life and your professional life needs to be equal to feel balanced, but it's because it really depends on who you are. Because for some people, like they get the most fulfillment out of their career. So having more time dedicated to work totally makes sense. And I also think that it's continuously flowing. So sometimes you need to be more engaged with your work and focus less on your relationships. Like say, you know, Laura and I, we both work in finance. So say it's tax time, you're going to be working like crazy. So you have a bit less time to give to your friends and your partners and your family. But then other times your work will lighten up, say in the summertime, where, you know, people are going on vacation and... I don't know, everyone's feeling good. They're not really thinking about housekeeping items. So you have more time time for your relationships and your hobbies. So it's more about shifting your priorities when you feel unbalanced as opposed to keeping a very rigid, this is how it always has to be in order for me to feel good and to feel positive and not stressed. Right, yeah. And I totally agree on the percentage that people try to assign to their work and their life because really, when is it ever 50-50? I don't think ever. And that's not something that's ideal to strive for because think about it, you work probably minimum 40 hours a week. And Mm -hmm. that is a large portion of your week, you know, including sleeping and eating and everything else that you just need to do to survive. So if you're expecting yourself to be perfect of like, okay, I've worked for eight hours, I'm going to do something for myself for eight hours. That's just, that just doesn't happen, right? So, no, you know, like you said, there's going to be times when, okay, you know what? 75% that week, maybe it's going to work, but hey, maybe next week is a lighter week. So it drops down to 55 or 60%. So yeah, I think first step is just recognizing there is no real perfect balance. It's not 50, 50. Who knows what even the percentages are, but it's always consistently checking in with yourself to make sure that you are prioritizing things when you need to prioritize them. Exactly. Like for an example, sometimes during a week, you might not have any time to work out at all, where during another week, work might be so light that you can go for an hour run at lunchtime and no one really misses you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. really just depends. That is life in a nutshell right there. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I do yoga during my lunch break and it's great. Other times it's not, it's not happening, but you know, 
Other times I'm trying to shovel food into my mouth while I'm writing an email, trying to send something and get ready for a Zoom call. Yeah. That sounds like your day uh, yesterday. That has been my day every day this week. Okay. Wait, I kind of, <laughs> I almost had to interject when you said, oh, tax time's crazy. Summertime is not busy. That is false. That is absolutely false. Maybe it's true <laughs> for everyone else where I work, but like all of a sudden it's summertime and they're like, okay, Laura, tackle everything here. We're all going on holiday. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure guys. No problem. You know, that's probably me too, but that's what we get for being the entry level, not interns, the entry level bugs. I don't know why I'm saying bugs. It just sounds cute. (laughs) Well, it's better than my terminology that I was going to use. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, back on track. We are next going to jump into signs that you might be out of alignment when it comes to your work-life balance. So this is from research that I did, but I chose areas that Laura and I have experience with so that we can actually talk about it. So to start with is you might not be taking care of yourself as you usually do mentally and physically. So, you know, you lose your exercise routine, you start eating poorly. I've done that before where I was eating like three boxes of craft dinner a day. Mm, Yeah, the craft dinner days. (laughs) It happens. Yes, it happens. And you may have difficulty sleeping. So you have a bit of insomnia Or maybe you're sleeping too much. I definitely have had that where, you know, when you set your alarm for seven and you're like, okay, I'll be up. And then you wake up in like a cold sweat at 9am and you're like, shit, I'm 30 minutes late for work. Yeah. Or you have those nights where you sleep, but all you dream of is working. That, that's when I'm just like, can I please have a sleep do over? Like that wasn't fair. (laughs) That wasn't fair. (laughs) I worked all day. I worked in my dream. I cannot be expected to work right now. Yeah, I had one maybe a month ago where I don't don't even know. It was like, I was like, did I even leave work? Did I leave work today? I don't think so. It's really triggering. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, I just worked a 16-hour day, guys. Like, give me me some slack. (laughs) And it's the worst when it's not even like you're just dreaming about being at work. It's when you continue the project or the problem you were working on in your dream. Yeah, those are the worst. And you're like, how am I even doing that? How are we remembering this? You're not even being helpful. You're not even giving me good solutions. No, it's just jumbled up jargon that doesn't make any sense when you wake up, but you're still tired of of thinking about it. Yep, we can both relate to that one and we can talk more about it later. Mm -hmm. But point number two is that you start to feel like you're making mistakes or that you can't do anything right at work. That one hits me deep. Talked about that in our Toxic Workplaces episode a bit, I think, but... Honestly, it just feels like no matter what you do, something slips through the cracks and then like, you know, you make a typo and it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I've never really associated that with my life being out of balance when Mm -hmm. it comes to mistakes, but I could definitely see how it does relate. For me in that sense, I find where it's more like you kind of just go through phases where not that you're not on the ball, but sometimes just things happen. You're taking on something new that you haven't done before. But I can definitely see how that would bring your uh, mood down because mm-hmm. it's very discouraging if you keep making small errors, if even if they're just little things that mm-hmm. could definitely affect how you view your your work. Yeah. And I honestly look at it as a bit of an extension of point number one of just you're not really taking care of yourself. So say you've had insomnia for the past two weeks, then it's more common that you're going to make mistakes because your brain isn't working to the same degree that it usually would. 
and then you're already feeling negative. So then you start feeling more negative. Right. Yeah. And I guess that also goes in with, you know, not eating properly or maybe not eating enough. You know, your body needs the right fuel to be able to handle your every day, whether that's for work or your past work activities, you know, your hobbies mm-hmm. and relationships. So yeah, I think that definitely goes back to the physical side yeah. of how yeah. being out of balance can affect you. Yeah. And jumping right off of that too is just feeling like you're going through the motions. So it's like you get so exhausted and physically exhausted that like work's not fulfilling you. And even though at some at a certain point you might have loved your job, suddenly you just don't really care about it. Like you care, but you don't. You would rather be asleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then like you just said, even if you were at a situation that was really great, you could mm-hmm. potentially – make a decision to leave there and end up somewhere else that maybe isn't as great for you. Yeah, for sure. And I I think of that point as like kind of the end of the road, like you really haven't been able to balance yourself, like you're lost in your work kind of thing. And you have a difficulty setting boundaries when it comes to your work life and your home life. Suddenly you're watching TV with your partner, but you're answering emails the whole time. Yeah. So even in outside of work, you're not even present in your life. No. And that's a huge red flag for being out of balance. Yes. So it goes from working to live to you live to work. Right. Yes. So they're all tying together. But the Mm -hmm. last one is that pretty much any time that you have to give to your loved ones, whether that's your friends, your partner, your family, it's very limited and you feel disconnected from your relationships. That one's a difficult one as well. Yes, definitely. Because it's like, even if you are spending time with them, you're just on your phone or you're worried about a meeting or you're canceling all the time because you have to stay at work late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that canceling one, that is huge because then you start to feel guilty. It's a really difficult one though, because for a lot of people, it's a very separate aspect of their life from their relationships and such. So while you might be canceling because of work, you're just saying, hey, I can't come. You don't necessarily know how that's coming off to your friends and your relationships. So in fact, it might be damaging to your relationships. Oh, absolutely it is. Because just thinking of my experience, you know, I'm someone I find a lot of satisfaction in my career. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always need to make sure I am doing a job that satisfies that need. But I know when it comes to me trying to work too many different things at the same time, mm-hmm. that's when I was always unable to go to events, unable to do things, you know, with my partner, with my friends, with uh, other people. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they started to resent me for that. And mm-hmm. I definitely felt guilty as well. But then eventually they're just like, well, we're not even going to bother asking you anymore because you always say no. So that was really damaging to, I'm going to say my relationship most of all, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, I've been in a long distance relationship for for many years and we're together now. But that was really hard because I was living such a separate life Mm -hmm. that I was not making enough time for him. Yeah, I remember a lot of that. And especially when it's the summertime too, where it's like you're doing so much for work already, but you also were competitive in the horse world as well. So it was like you really didn't have a lot of time for people. Yeah, like I would work all week and then weekends I'd be away horse showing. And of course, every time a horse show would fall on a long weekend and that's when, um, you know, our friends were going up to the cottage and eventually when I would show up, people were like, oh my God, Laura, you actually came. And it was just like, wow. I know they mean that as a joke, but 
underlying it's it's not a joke there's always some honesty to the jokes and yeah it's like you loved what you were doing so much but you're also like I don't know if I really want to be perceived that way yeah and so sometimes you know for me it was like a reality check of Mm -hmm. okay if you keep going down this path you're gonna end up by yourself which is not what I wanted no But I mean, look at you now, you've got a pretty good balance. So I definitely think living in the same space as your boyfriend has helped a lot. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. Like when you're two hours apart and you both work full time and sometimes the schedules don't always line up, you can go a long time without Mm -hmm. seeing each other. And that makes it a very difficult thing on a relationship. You can only text and talk to each other so much. (laughs) You kind of need that physical face-to-face, physical contact to nurture your relationship. So... Mm -hmm. I had to make some pretty big decisions in my life and he had to make some big decisions in his life. And it came down to like, okay, is this something we want to do together or are we just on way too different paths? And one of the main problems was like, I prioritized so many things over that relationship. But look at you now. Hey, I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I, I, you know, I'm very happy with my balance. Obviously like the week to week, you know, you have some days that are a little crazy, but overall Mm -hmm. I'm actually quite happy with my balance. Yes. And I think setting boundaries for yourself was a very important part of getting to where you are. Huge part. As well. Yeah. And my example of this is a bit different from yours where it wasn't my relationships that were being affected, but it was actually my physical health and my mental health. Because remember way back in 2018 where I, right before our trip, I decided to work a full-time job and a serving job? (laughs) Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Rachel. I love you, but maybe that wasn't the best decision. Well, you see, I wanted it to save money, right? Of course. Of course. I had a time and a place. But the one problem is, and you can probably relate to this, but when you're very personable and you love to work, especially in the restaurant industry, people kind of will put you on for a lot of shifts in the evenings and all weekend. Yeah. As a server, yeah. I feel like it doesn't matter like almost what server you are. You always get mm-hmm. the short end of the stick. Yes, you do. You know? I think I lasted about two months of working seven days a week. Probably one of those days was just a half day. Like I would work in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember I had this moment where I came into the house and I started to like nitpick with my family members where it was like, why are you acting that way? It was like I was just so high strung and just anxious and a bit honestly angry because I was so tired because it wasn't even that I was having insomnia I literally was just like mentally draining myself when I was working in the office because it was just a mentally demanding job and I enjoyed it but it was hard and then in the evenings and on the weekends I would go and I would be on my feet all day and oh Laura I forgot about this but I also was working the reception desk at the local Humane Society on Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was like every, what, Sunday you did that? It was every Saturday. So in all honesty, I was working full-time days, seven days a week. So it was not great for me. Yeah, like you had the mental drain, the physical drain. You know, there was really nothing left of you. And going back to you bickering a lot with your family – I distinctively remember them saying, like, who are you? Like, this isn't you. So going Mm -hmm. back to the relationship, when you're out of that balance and you're working too much, you know, other people do notice, especially, you know, your family. Yeah. So then basically it was one night where I was picking, like nitpicking, and it just, it didn't, it wasn't a fight. I think I just overreacted on something. 
and I went upstairs and um, I sat on the floor and I cried <laughs> for a while. And uh, I went into the restaurant the next day and I was like, I'm sorry, but I can only work two shifts a week. <laughs> yeah, like by that time you were so burnt out that no one even saw you because you were literally like in transition to the next job, to the next job, to the next job. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did it for the short term for a specific reason, but long term, um, like I remember when we came back from our trip and you were going back into the restaurant, but also doing the office. And I don't think that lasted very long. It was such a blur. And, you know, that was a case where it wasn't that the work-life balance got away from me as I was just pretending that uh, work was my life. And I was like, like, this is fine. This is fine. You kind of forgot there's a whole life to live outside of that. And I've definitely been guilty of that as well. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, friends. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yes, there absolutely is. So for your situation, you know, you were working the two full-time jobs essentially plus a volunteering position on top of that. For me, I was working um, a full-time job and then just going back to that toxic workplace episode that we did, I was dabbling in my family business, essentially working like part-time to full-time for them. And then on top of that, I had my own little side hustles as well. And... I just became like when I think back to my mental state, I was just so driven to make money, you know, one for our trip, but on the other hand, like just in general, that I could calculate how much I was making like per hour of every day because I was so so obsessed. I don't do it anymore. But that's where like the the mental game would then come in is if I was taking it a day and not working on a side hustle or just working in general, I was beating myself up because I was like, oh my God, this is a wasted opportunity. Um, I should be making money right now. Like I need money. And that is, that's so bad. Like don't, yeah, don't do that at all. And as I've said before, it went back to the relationship. It went back to my personal hobbies and it had a huge ripple effect. And finally yeah. I was just done. Like we went on our trip, we came back and I think by that time I was down to like one full-time job and then I was still doing like one of my side hustles but I was being a lot more like selective about the jobs I took on Mm -hmm. because I was done I literally had nothing left and I was just like okay I don't care if I make less cash or less money I literally Mm -hmm. cannot go on and Mm -hmm. that was my moment of first realizing that I needed to create a better balance in my life I remember at that time where it was almost like you had found a way to monetize anything that you could do. It's true. So, it's true. I'm so like the queen of like, monetization. I know. So like this girl was on her feet working in her full-time job and then she was doing like a lot of mental work and another part-time job and then was house-sitting. Mm-hmm. Various Not places. just house-sitting. I was also farm-sitting. So like I would look after yes. people's livestock. I think like a month went by where you didn't even go to your house. No, I literally moved up and down a whole road plus worked two Mm -hmm. different jobs at the same time. Yeah. So whenever I was like, oh, do you want to hang out tonight? She was like, absolutely. And I was like, where am I going? Yeah, I know. Literally. Which which address? Where are you resting your head these days? Because I know it's not at your own bed. Yeah. Yeah. But then even with like... Well, actually, this one thing I was kind of glad I did. So in the summer of 2018, I believe it was, I took a course on equine massage therapy. And that that was honestly a vacation for me because I took yes. a week off work and that was a huge deal. Went to a different town. Went to a different like, town. One can find me. <laughs> yes. And, and I took this course and of course, I monetized that as well. 
and had some <laughs> clients that I was doing, I was working on their horses with. That was pretty bad as well. And so uh, finally I was just like, okay, I don't, We're done. I don't have time to do this. I need to scale back because like I couldn't do it anymore. So that is the thing. Like I know side hustle culture and hustle culture is huge as a personal mm-hmm. victim of, of that culture. Of hustle culture. <laughs> hustle culture. It's just not worth it. Like, yes, I was monetizing things that I enjoy in life, you know, like horses and animals and and doing all that. But again, it came back to that point of resentment of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really felt that I lost myself because I made a deal with myself when I was a kid because, you know, every every young rider wants to be the next Olympic gold medalist. Um, Yeah. You know, so – at the end of my junior career, it was kind of like, okay, do I go pro or do I keep my amateur status? And I was like, hold on. For my riding, for my horses, this is always something I want to keep as a passion in my life. I don't ever want to resent it and be worried about like, okay, how am I going to pay rent? I need to ride this many horses or I need to teach or, or sell horses. And that was a deal I made with myself when I was a teenager. So once I started getting down into the hustle culture and using something that I love to depend on for money, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I've, I've forgotten who I am. So that was a huge sign for me to, to step back and mm-hmm. just enjoy my riding for what it is. So yeah, even though the massage thing was like kind of a side thing, to riding horses, it was still working with horses, mm-hmm. and I really didn't want to be doing that as my career. No. Now that you have heard uh, one of our darkest hours, we're going to talk about how you can restore your work-life balance to a more aligned state. So going back to what I said about setting boundaries with yourself when it comes to your personal priorities, that's the tips from the researchers, is to set very strict boundaries around how you take care of yourself, your time with your friends, your exercise, etc. So you can calendar block time that you dedicate towards taking care of yourself and you have to be very strict, like no exceptions. That's what this time is for. So like really you can do anything with that time that isn't working, like exercising, reading, doing a face mask. Yeah, I think some of it is like before you even do that, you know, write down and figure out what do you actually like to do? And how much time do you yes. want to spend doing it? Is there something mm-hmm. you want to learn? Is there a challenge you want to take on? Or is it just relaxing? Because there is nothing wrong with sitting on the couch watching a movie. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. And a lot of it was just like giving you suggestions of what you should do mm-hmm. in your life side of your balance. And it was like exercise, meditate, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, if you're someone who hates running, don't do that right? Like, yeah, like just do what makes you fucking happy. Yeah. That's what I found with like a lot of things I was reading. I was just like, okay, I just read a list of all the things I should be doing in my life and I hate all of them. That seems to be like a very self-help trend. I've read a lot of books that way when they're like, how to feel sexier, how to feel better about about yourself, yourself. (laughs) how to feel like you are enough. I don't know. And I'm reading the tips and I'm like, okay, I get where you're coming from, but like that doesn't work for everybody like at all. Yeah. Like if your favorite thing is to go to McDonald's every Friday and get a McFlurry, good for Mm -hmm. you. Go do that. You can also dedicate your time to your friends, family, and relationships. So when I was having a difficult time, I started to set aside evenings where I would either stay home and watch a movie with my parents 
or I would go hang out with Laura or another friend. Just so you're really consciously making an effort to be with your friends in person and to be present. Have you ever had a difficult time with rebalancing that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I was transitioning from like being in so many side hustles to realizing mm, I have friends that I also want to nurture those relationships and my own partner. Yeah, I can definitely relate to having to set aside time for that. And mm -hmm. I found that I became a better friend when I wasn't so burnt out and tired because I actually had the mental capacity and the energy mm -hmm. to to be with them and be present. Yes. What was really great, uh, at least for me in the process of rebalancing myself because I was so physically burnt out was like when you and I would hang out, we weren't going to necessarily do anything. We would just lie on a couch with some Halo Top ice cream and watch a movie. Yep. Where that was a good combination of restoring physical health, but also being with a friend. Like, can we kind of just relax together? It's so key of what you just said there is doesn't matter if you're working or your hobbies, if they're taking a physical toll on you, your body's not designed to go 100 miles an hour every minute of, of every day. I think within your life balance, you definitely need to be taking those physical rests because that's something I was definitely guilty of. Yeah. And I would feel guilty when I would take a rest. And it took some time. It took a long time to be okay with just spending an entire day doing nothing. But that was my reset. Like, yeah, not really see people just or or I would see people and we would be doing nothing together. Nothing. But it was OK. You know, I did not need to be productive every minute of every day. No. And honestly, learning how to do nothing with another person who is also learning how to do nothing is actually really helpful. Yes, it is. Because it's it kind of feels like you're still doing something. Exactly. Pro tip. Pro tip, guys. OK, moving on. The next one, and this is a really tough one, especially in today's day and age, is setting boundaries around technology, which I kind of tie this into a morning and evening routine where when you first wake up in the morning, do not go on social media, don't answer your text messages, don't answer your emails, just be you. Like have a morning coffee or you go for a morning walk or a shower, like just try to move away from the first thing that you do is open your email because I definitely have fallen prey to that. And you know, it doesn't help sometimes when you're receiving emails at 7am because then you're anxious from right when you wake up, but just, just try even like put do not disturb on your phone just so for that first hour to two hours of your day, it's just you. And then in the evening, have a set point where you get off one, get off technology completely because I think usually they recommend a full hour before bed to put your phone down and such but also a boundary where like you stop answering emails okay maybe you set the boundary for seven you can answer that email you got at 6 30 but once that 7 p.m mark happens stop like work is done completely for the day yeah and this is one I'm really guilty of especially during this whole COVID work from home period of time where, you know, okay, I've always, I've always been guilty of the, you wake up, you scroll on Instagram and then like, yeah. okay, you're getting ready for bed. You scroll on Instagram, all of a sudden it's been an hour. Um, yes. So I'm working on that one. One thing that I do to help, and I'm going to admit I hit the snooze on it all the time, is 
on my phone, I have set like a certain time limit that I can be on social media for the day. Mm -hmm. And when it hits that time, it does shut down my Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the only problem is, is it does give me the option to snooze it for the rest of the day or snooze it for 15 minutes. So it is something I'm constantly working on. I am definitely not perfect about that. One thing though that I have improved on. So when I was in my previous job, because I had my hand in a lot of different pots, I did have my work email hooked up to my phone and my personal computer. Mm -hmm. And it was not uncommon for it to be 11 o'clock at night. I would get an email and I felt like I had to answer it right then and there. I could be in bed, almost falling asleep, but I would get an email and answer it. Mm -hmm. And it really caused a lot of stress because if it was something that I couldn't fix right away, obviously I'm not in the office, don't have my computer on, I'm laying in bed, (laughs) I would dwell on it all night. And then I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I would be thinking about is, oh my God, this is a fire I have to go put out. Where now, since I've started my new job, I actually have not hooked up my work email to my Mm -hmm. phone. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, if I'm at home during the work week, obviously my email is on. That -hmm. is my work time. And if it's after hours, that is not my work time. Granted, there are situations where I might be waiting for something. So it could be five o'clock and I'll check. But if it's eight Mm -hmm. o'clock, I'm not checking. And then the other reason why I don't have it on my phone is that with the system that we have, if I'm not sitting at my desk, there is nothing I can do. Yes. There is literally nothing. And then also mm-hmm. on the weekend, why I don't bother is with our with our server, it also has limitations of off hours. So yes. if it's a Saturday morning and someone needs something, there is nothing I can do. Why should I ruin yes. my weekend dwelling on something that I cannot fix until 7 a.m. on Monday? Not that I'm fixing it at 7 a.m. Monday. I'll fix it at 8.30 on Monday. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that's So a- that was a huge thing for me. And it was really hard because I was just like, oh, should I be checking? And I'm like, it's 930 at night. I do not need to be checking email on a Friday. No, no. Well, even if you did, your bosses would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, I remember just one email we got where someone in the office had sent someone outside of the company an email and it was, it was relatively late. Mm-hmm. And the person actually emailed back and was just like, I do not want your reply at seven o'clock at night. I will talk to you tomorrow. And I was just like, this person is my hero. Like how (laughs) respectful. I think I cried. I think I had a little tear and the email wasn't even, I was just part of the email chain. I wasn't even like the person involved in the email. And even Mm -hmm. I felt the respect that I was like, wow, like you just took so much time to care about us. And that hits Mm -hmm. me really deep. So I'm sorry, that was probably like a really long side, but like I just had to share that. That's okay. (laughs) I love it. Uh, No, I mean, I agree with that because definitely in my previous job as well, it was like an expectation that my email would have to be on my phone. And that's going back to me setting a boundary in the morning of like not opening my email at all was because I would start getting emails at 630 being like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? So not that I was going to do it at 6.30 in the morning, but the anxiety of the day had already started before I could even get out of bed. Yeah. And to put that in perspective, your workday, what, started at 9 a.m.? 
at that company? Yes. So if it's 6.30, that is two and a half hours of your morning that is now gone because you're dwelling Mm -hmm. on something that you cannot deal with for another two hours plus. Yes. So it's not worth it. And, you know, if you work for a company that needs you on call 24-7, now there are situations if you're like a vet or a doctor or whatever, you do need to be reachable. But for the average Joe, Mm -hmm. like us, it's not necessary. Honestly, if it's an office job, nothing's that important. I'm just saying. No, and I have to... Like, it's important, but people can wait. Exactly. And, you know, one thing, um, I believe it's Germany that does this. It's actually illegal for upper management and bosses to email their employees after work hours are done. And so they have these huge email servers and filters that will hold emails until the next business day. I think we need that in North America because we are just oh, we definitely so do. programmed to be working all the time that we're not living. Sorry, I'm getting really I'm getting really worked up over this. It's okay. We're literally trash. Yeah. I I will acknowledge this. We are literally trash when it comes to work-life balance and hopefully our generation helps change things because I think we all share similar belief systems oh, about I, yeah, the work absolutely. week. And okay, this is also a little bit off topic, but the thing about vacation time, if you're lucky, you get two weeks where a country like Italy, they get like minimum six, I think. Mm-hmm. Like I, I probably have that wrong, but... More time than we than we get in North America. Yeah, and then I, I know like... Then you feel guilty about when you go to book vacation time off because it feels like such a taboo thing to do, even though they're like, no, no, you can take this time off. Honestly, it feels illegal to book vacation time. (laughs) Yeah, there's just... So I guess where my downfall is right now is I'm good outside of work, of stepping away now and resting and, and doing what I love. But within that work realm, I need to work on actually taking my allotted time off because it's just going to disappear. It's not like it's going to accumulate. No. So the last point to round this out, and um, I have not been successful in this. If anybody else has been, please let me know. But if possible, discuss your workload with your boss and see if you can take a pause on accepting new projects for a while. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Um... I, I have not. I mean, probably where I am currently, I could do that. But I have so far in my full-time employment experience in corporate world, I haven't experienced an environment where I could do that and not feel anxious. But like, if you're in an environment where like you have a good rapport with your boss or your manager, then go for it, give it a try. Because I don't know, I think there needs to be more of that of employees also being able to set boundaries with their employers. Yes, that's definitely a good point. And just when I, I think about my own experience there, with my previous job, I took on a lot, but I also left that job. So that was a lot wrapped up in there. So when it comes to my current job, there is that really good open communication where they are checking in with me because I am still under a year of being with this company. So they'll be like, okay, we're adding another layer on. Are you okay? You know, how are you find the workload? Um, are you struggling? And so far, no, I haven't struggled with handling too much but I am someone who likes to have a lot going on at one time one thing though is if it's a crazy week and I am sitting on a bunch of projects I will go ask my boss for like a priority list I'll be like okay Mm -hmm. here's everything I'm working on can you just give me a little bit of guidance of what do you need now what can wait and 
what is just extra. And I found from my stress level, it really helped because then I knew exactly what I needed to focus more of my time on versus Mm -hmm. like working on a bunch of little things. And then it turns out they weren't really that important. And I find that's really like will bring me down. Personally, it's just like, oh my God, I spent all this time and you didn't even need it where you're asking for something completely different. So that's that's one thing Mm -hmm. that if I can suggest that for a workplace balance. Yes, that led so perfectly into our last little category here. Before we jump off of it, though, I was just going to say like, yes, honestly, even just asking for help. Great choice. Like, yeah, that can help a lot as opposed to saying, hey, I don't want to take on more projects. Just saying, I just need a bit more help on this. And that I feel like you can do in most environments. So we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. But segueing nicely from Laura's point about a priority list is when you're in alignment, after all of the work that you did to get back to a healthy work-life balance, how can you maintain it? So number one, as Laura is already doing, is to set priorities on your to-do list. Because honestly, not everything needs to be done right away. And to be honest, a lot of it doesn't need to be done at all. It's just something to do eventually. You could maybe do it six months later and people be like, cool. So that's a big one. Another one is to stick to the personal time that you set out for yourself during that process of trying to get back to your work-life balance. But again, remember, it's always flowing, so it might be a little bit different, but the importance is that you're still making time for yourself. Next one is setting boundaries with yourself for how long you stay at work. Or as Laura was mentioning earlier, setting boundaries of like, okay, I do not answer emails on the weekends or after this time in the evening. And keeping a realistic calendar because you really don't need to take every meeting and you don't need to do everything for yourself in one day. Like you don't need to take every meeting, then do the workout, then go see the friends then go do the grocery shopping. Like you can spread things out. It's okay. And then this is my favorite one, but actually fully taking your lunch break because you are entitled to it at least in Ontario I don't know about elsewhere but you are entitled to your lunch break and use that time to rest eat go for a walk do whatever you need to rebalance yourself because otherwise you're just gonna be an empty tank by the end of the day like I like to look at lunchtime as a way to recharge And And no one is going to pat you on the back and congratulate you for skipping lunch and working through it. No, literally no one. And no one is going to pat you on the back for working until 6, 6.30 at night when your workday ended at 4.30. They're going to be like, okay, cool, thanks for getting this done. But, you know, no one's going to be like, oh my god, wow. Yeah, they're not going to be like, oh wow, you're now the CEO of the company. Yeah, like start two hours later tomorrow, it's fine. No, they're going to be like... Okay, yeah. great. You worked until 6.30. See you at 8. Yeah. To be honest, they might not even say thank you. <laughs> I've had that before. But yeah, so those are the tips. And I don't know. I think you and I are doing pretty okay right now with them. Priority lists are huge. I found those super helpful. Yeah. Lunch breaks. Yeah, I love I'm, my lunch breaks. I'm working on You're definitely better at the lunch break than I am. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Where yesterday I I aim for 12 o'clock. It never happens at 12. So I sometimes, you know, it's 12.30. And I grabbed my book. I went and sat outside. And I didn't 
well, I actually still had my phone with me just in case, but that's just the nature of my job. And I just sat and read. And that was really great. Today, mm-hmm. a little bit crazier. So I didn't take the full hour, which we're very lucky to have. But I did take 20 minutes to not really look at my computer, eat lunch, and just just chill. I literally chilled on my phone. But yeah. that was my little mental break. So again, going back to the ebb and the flow, some days you're better than others and you just got to gotta work with it. And then when you're saying about kind of cramming everything into your your free time, for me personally, I have found a lot of success through like almost like compartmentalizing my days where Mm -hmm. during the week, okay, obviously I work Monday through Friday and then the evenings I'll do like a little workout if I feel like it and then it's dinner time and then it's just like free time and whether we're working on a podcast or I'm just chatting with my friends or hanging out with my boyfriend, that's kind of what I do during the week and Mm -hmm. I don't expect any more from myself than that. And then on the weekends, that is my time for my horses my boyfriend, he is very respectful of that. He's like, no, that is your free time. He's like, I get my free time as well. So I actually have found more satisfaction and enjoyment in my riding now than having to work all day for eight hours, get a snack, go ride a couple horses, and then get home at nine o'clock at night, have some quick dinner, and then go to bed, where mm-hmm. now it'll be like Saturday. I arrive, hang out at the barn with all my friends ride some horses. That's my day. That's my weekend. And yes, I don't get to see my horses as often now, but I definitely Mm -hmm. don't feel as burnt out. And that is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just find I'm a lot more satisfied with all the things that I'm doing now. And when I am doing them, that's where all my attention is. And it's just so much better than trying to split your attention 10 different ways. Yes. I've also been practicing the compartmentalization as well, where, you know, work from 8.30 to 4.30, like lunchtime, you know, I'll, I'll eat pretty quickly, but then I go do like 30 minutes of yoga because that's like a good reset for me. And then quick workout at the end of the day and either like my, my weeks are kind of portioned out. Like I know what I'm doing each evening or Mondays are like, that's my free time where I can like do a face mask, watch some TV by myself. Like it's just for mm-hmm. me. Tuesdays are like boyfriend time. Wednesdays, you and I are recording. Thursdays is usually like editing day. And then Friday, like through the weekend, it's usually I stay at my boyfriend's house. But, you know, I have other things that I need to go and do. So I have like my singing lesson, which is super important to me. Or I go visit a friend during the afternoons. It's not regimented to a point where it's like 3 p.m. I have to stop whatever I'm doing, go start the next thing. But I do know which area of my life I'm giving attention to at any sort of like range of time. So like one to four on a Sunday, I'm doing something with a friend, you know. Right. And then if we zoom out a little bit from the day to day to the week to week, you feel quite satisfied in everything you've accomplished that week. Yes. Look at us. Growth. A far cry from the girls in 2018. Oh, yeah. 2018 was just a bad time, okay? <laughs> we're, we were both kind of a hot mess. It was a rough time. <laughs> We were. It was just, you know, we don't talk about 2018 when we're like, I don't even really remember. It's like for good reason. Yep. But yeah. Do you have anything left to say on this? I feel like we've really explored our various struggles with this. 
So I think my closing note is a quote from Eat, Pray, Love, if I may. Of course, I love that. Right. that book and that movie. Elizabeth Gilbert, go yes. you. Love it. Love the book. Love the movie. Love her. So good. So, and that quote is, to lose balance sometimes for love is part of living a balanced life. And if I can just break that down a little bit, yes. you know, sub love for, for anything else in your life and going back to what we started this episode with not 50 50 you're going to be heavy in some aspects of your life than others but it's not like that forever and you can always change your situation love it. anything else for you rachel that's a great note to leave on i i can't top that so i'm gonna leave it there all right well with that live like tea live like tea